Remember the ministry of prophet. Um, many times I think people conceive of a prophet as more of a, you know, like a soothsayer or a psychic or something like that. But, you know, a prophet in the Old Testament was one who spoke God's word, who delivered God's word to his people. And by and large, they, they corrected the people. They, the prophets were the ones who came and told everybody what they were doing wrong. So they were extremely popular. Um, and so hence they, they tended to be, you know, persecuted and, and often killed. Um, now when, when the church chooses the readings, you know, that we, that we read on Sunday, it doesn't do so, um, without any thought it, there's, there's very clear reasons. And especially when you look at the first reading in the gospel, they very often are connected and what we see presented today is how Jesus is being shown to be in the line of prophets. So you have um, Malachi, uh, the prophet in the first reading. And what is he doing? He's telling the, the priests of the, the Jewish priests that they're not doing their job, that they've, they've, they've forsaken the Lord. They're not being faithful to him and they're not exercising their ministry properly. And then in the gospel, you have Jesus not directly uh, confronting the Pharisees this time, but telling the people about the errors of the Pharisees. No doubt they were there listening, and, and some of the, their followers would have been listening as well. But what we have is this correction of those who are you know, leading the faithful, uh, the Jewish faithful. Now, what the Lord talks about with the Pharisees is, is he points out to the people and the disciples. He says, look, if they tell you to follow the covenant, well, sure, you need to follow the covenant. But don't follow them as people. Don't follow their example, their personal example. So if they enunciate truth, that truth is independent of their example. Follow the truth. But don't follow their example. What's wrong with their example? Well, you know, the first thing is that they, uh, you know, they say a whole lot of things, but they don't do them themselves, right? They're a poor example of, of the message that they actually deliver. That's the first thing. The, the second thing is that they really, really like being in charge. They really like telling people what to do. They really like their titles. You know, they, they, the salutations, etc. So they're so, uh, they're so engulfed in sort of their own authority and their own love of that authority that they're, they're really missing the main point of their Jewish faith, of their religion. Um, and they also like to lord that authority over the people. So one of the things that the Pharisees were, were known for is a very rigorous, legalistic, uh, application of the covenant and, and the faith. So their whole focus was law, being rigorous, you know, doing everything perfectly, um, and telling and, uh, you know, trying to coerce the other people to also do everything perfectly. So, I mean, you know, to apply that to today, you know, you have to genuflect before you get into the pew and you have to then kneel 
and then you have to make the sign of the cross. None of that is rules. There's no rules about that. You can genuflect when you first come into the church. Should you genuflect to the tabernacle? Yes. Do you have to do it right before then? And, you know, so what happens is some people get very, very consumed with the, the process, you know, and they lose the heart of what the faith is supposed to be about. They become so consumed with just the rules that it seems as though the rules become the religion. And this is what everybody loves about religion, right? I mean, this is where uh, we begin to be more focused on form than substance. And so what Jesus is doing, he's telling the people and he's telling his disciples to remember the substance, that it's not about at the end of your life, you know, going before the Lord and saying, I kept all of the rules. All right, you're still a jerk. <laughs> you can keep, I know a whole lot of people who keep all the rules. I used to do it myself. And uh, I mean, I still mostly do. <laughs> Holy cow. I'm recording this one too. Um, you know, but, but there have been times in my life as a priest, you know, where I've, I've been more focused on form than substance. It's very easy to do because it makes a person feel very secure. You know, you, you get very, fo- okay, this is the identity, you know, this is the focus. This is, and then you kind of forget, though, but what's the whole thing about, right? What's one of the, one of the sayings is, uh, you know, you've lost the plot or um, you can't see the forest for the trees, you know, all of these sayings that we have. And this is what Jesus is telling the people to not forget, and he's reprimanding the, the Pharisees for, right? That, that the, the practice of their religion, the practice of faith, has to do with this relationship between God and his people. That God, for reasons only known to him, chose this particular people initially, the Jews, And he made a covenant with them. And yeah, there was law in that covenant because the people needed to know how to correctly worship him. But the covenant just, it wasn't a contract. It was a covenant. So it was about the heart also. It was about loving the law because the law represented a God who cared. A God who cared enough to tell his people how to live rightly and justly. And so the Lord is, is, you know, in the Gospels, trying to bring people back to remembering, look, this is what it's about. The, the laws don't go away. You don't get rid of the Ten Commandments. Yeah, you should follow those, of course. But there's something greater than merely the commandments. The greater good and the substance of faith has to do with this relationship between God and his people. A God who loved so greatly that he chose to create people in the first place. That he chose to make them his own. That he created them good. That he chose to be in relationship with them. Because he loves. And that even when they sinned, and even when they, they wander away, like we hear Malachi you know, reprimanding, reprimanding the priests in, of, the old, of the old covenant, that he calls his people back time and time and time again. And then definitively so in Jesus Christ. Right? He sends his own son. 
right? The, the prophet, Jesus being a prophet, but also the Messiah, the Savior, who would definitively destroy death and sin. The last point that I'd like to make is this. Um, at the very end, Jesus says, you know, don't call anyone father, don't call anyone master or teacher. And if we were evangelical Protestants, we'd be left in the lurch saying, well, what do we call our dad? Because they would interpret it literally. Do I have teachers at school? Well, you know, we don't interpret things literally because, you know, we put the Bible together, so we kind of know how it works. And the idea here is, the Pharisees really liked those titles, you know? They really liked those titles, and they liked to be called by those names. And so Jesus is basically saying, he's using hyperbole, right? So he's over, he's, he's exaggerating. He's saying, look, don't, don't worry about the titles. Don't worry about the titles. We're all brothers. We're all brothers and sisters. We're one community. And so we need to take care of each other. And so those who are, who are greatest among us in, in some area need to see that those gifts are given by God to be put at the service of others. If a person has great qualities of leadership or teaching or service or, or whatever, all of those should funnel back into a gift received and then a gift given. That we should not hoard the gifts for ourselves as though we've earned them, but we should acknowledge that, you know what, God has given me gifts, but he has not given me gifts just merely so that I do nothing with them. He's given me gifts so that they can be put at the service of others. And so the Lord presents a very egalitarian, you know, sort of vision of, of the church and of community. And you might say, well, Father, aren't you in charge? Well, yeah, I guess. I keep trying to get out of that. Um, but, you know, that, that has to happen. You know, there, there is this sort of relationship between authority, and it, and it happens in, in the church, and it happens in family, and it happens in, in business, and it happens everywhere. If, if something's going to run well, there, there does need to be some sort of hierarchy. But we ought not see the priesthood as something which is greater than anyone else in the church. And I would encourage you also, just like the Lord said, you know, if, if the Pharisees say something that's true, then follow it. But their example is probably not the best. And look, I'll just be honest. If I say something that's true, that's independent of the example I may give. I'd like to say I give a good example all the time. <laughs> but I don't. I don't. And you might not see it, but in my head, I'm thinking it. So... So I'll do my best, but let's remember that our faith is not about the priest or a bishop or a pope or even a deacon, you know. He's a pretty good guy. Our faith is about Jesus, right? If we hear truth, we honor the truth, but that ultimately this is all about drawing closer to Jesus who has forgiven us and who loves us. Please stand.